0: Hey, guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. With me today, I got the lovely Melanie LaRue. How are you doing, Melanie?
1: I'm great. How are you, Jason?
0: I'm good. I'm Woo. good. And then across from us, Daniel Stensgard. How are you doing, Daniel? Great. Good. Now Daniel owns a company by the name of Daniel's Custom Clothing. Now I know what you're thinking. You know, don't 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 skip this podcast, right? This applies to everybody. Now it doesn't matter if you are a contractor or a manufacturer. It is difficult to dress in a way that's both suitable out in the field or out on the floor but also presentable in the board meeting or meeting with the architects or the sales department, right? It's it's a difficult game to play to feel comfortable in all those situations. And man, believe me, I've seen some of you. I've seen some of you and you need to, you could listen. Some help. You need to listen to this podcast two, or three times. Amen. Am I right? Yes. All right. So okay, so we are downtown Minneapolis. I am uncomfortable right out of the get-go. Right, (laughs) I don't like downtown Minneapolis. These suits and fancy clothes, you know, make me a a little uncomfortable because I personally I don't know a lot about it. So, Daniel, please help not only my listeners out but myself. On let's let's you know, I guess, paint the picture of I am a contractor. I have fifty employees. I need to go out in the field and put a hard hat on. I need to meet with the architects and maybe do a, a sales presentation for my next big client. Can you give me a couple things to consider on the way I present myself
2: appearance-wise? Absolutely, Jason. The problem with most businesses today is the owner doesn't look like he's the owner. And when I go to a business, a lot of the owners need a go-to suit. They need that presentation suit. And I tell them, you shouldn't look like the guys in the back loading the crates. You should separate yourselves from everybody else. Look like you're the owner. Now, an owner of a company, 50 people, 100 people, here's what I talk about. If the image of the boss at the top, let's just say he has a good and favorable image, and then let's take the next five guys: his vice presidents, his sales guys, his leadership team, his leadership team. Harvey McKay taught me this a long time ago. He sells envelopes. Yeah, he has a lot of great books out. Fabulous books. He's been a client of mine for thirty years. What? Yes, yeah. Harvey yeah. is a client of yours. <laughs> Spending time with Art. swim with sharks. Oh yes, oh yes. That guy. Yeah.
1: I wish I could like. Capture your face right now, (laughs)
2: Jason. I've read many of his books. Sitting in Harvey's office for half an hour is an amazing education. But here's what Harvey said to me a long time ago. He said, you know, you're lucky, Daniel. Each and everything that you make is individually made for someone to perfection. He said, I make white envelopes (laughs) on the same German equipment that my competitors make white envelopes. He said, there's nothing that sets me apart from my competitors besides the McKay 66, which he requires his salespeople to know everything about their customers and they are supposed to dress appropriately to make a sales call.
0: Yeah. So McKay 66, I couldn't remember if it's 66 or 61 or 62, but I mean, as soon as you mentioned his name, that was what popped in my mind. That Part of that book, I mean, is something that's stuck in my mind, right? This guy is world famous, right? He he's sold millions of books in he's a, a genius in the business world. It's it's really cool that you have a
2: relationship with him. Yeah, for a long time, Harvey pulled down fifty thousand for a speech. He's cut back on his speaking, but he is truly one of my favorite customers. He almost wears you out. When you walk out of his office. The man <laughs> because has
1: his because of his, so energy. Much knowledge.
2: his energy. His knowledge. And he can talk anybody off a ledge. Yeah. He, he's that good. Wow. Wow. Cool.
1: A quick message from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by Minnesota Risk Partners, specializing in risk management and insurance services for Minnesota-based companies. Check them out at Minnesota dot com.
0: Okay, so Back to I'm a contractor, fifty to two hundred employees. Maybe maybe a, a couple tips. You said don't look like you you work out of the back room. And then we started talking about Harvey. Yeah. Let me
2: take it from here, Jason. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> right. First of all, Jason, when you walked in, I I was a little disappointed because <laughs> I, oh, no. and, I, and I'm and I'm going to tell you why. You came to my showroom and you should have known. Uh, you know what, I'm going to see a guy that sells beautiful clothing for all locations. <laughs> and you walked in and you're, oh, well, you look like you just got done mowing the lawn, quite frankly. <laughs> but, oh, geez. but, you know, uh, I love you anyway. <laughs> no, what we do... Mm, fair, fair. <laughs> mowing the lawn and cleaning the garage. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, if you own a company and let's just say you're going to go to a convention, dressing now for the people that you cater to in your insurance business with those buildings that you see everywhere, mostly a nice shirt and a pair of slacks and then a jacket to put on. Hmm. If you're going to make a presentation in front of your guys, or if you're going to make a presentation in front of somebody you're trying to acquire, you should dress professionally. That doesn't mean you have to wear a jacket every day. Mm -hmm. That's, that's silly. But if you're the owner of a company, invest in, at least 14 nice dress shirts. It used to be a suit was required often. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, this is a guy selling custom suits. Nowadays, the dress shirt has become the new suit. What does that mean? That means just put a little care into what you're going to wear for a shirt. You Mm -hmm. know, from the day that we're born, we wear some sort of a shirt. Mm -hmm. And why not try custom shirts that are made for you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can have twenty-five shirts in your closet, and I guarantee if they're off the rack, they all fit differently.
0: Yeah, they come untucked, they don't fit right. You know, I got a a big neck, and uh, so then when I buy a
2: shirt that fits my neck, well, then it's a tent around my waist. Exactly, I could tell that when you walked in, it was like even you know you you're in good shape, but even you buying a shirt off the rack, they go buy a neck size, and they're gonna you're gonna have a body that you can take three steps before the shirt moves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: hear you. So, this shirt here, I got off of Amazon. I think it was like uh, <laughs> 12 bucks. <laughs> but it fits well, you know. But, you know, I'm under- advertising. Here's, here's my problem, Daniel, personally. I'm in both situations also. So, I'm presenting maybe to a new account my recommended action plan and hopefully acquire that account. But then an hour later, I might be on a construction site. Uh, you know, in two inches of mud, talking to an existing client and going over things that were discussed in the safety committee meeting that I facilitated, right? That That's the difficult part I have with it. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Okay. I also feel like there's a a relatability factor. If I'm showing up in this nice suit and my potential clients, or even my existing clients, are wearing stuff like I'm wearing. Does that, that whole idea of people like who are like them,
2: right? Does that create a disconnect at all? Or what's your thought on that? Uh, Absolutely, it does. One of the things in my speech for dressing for leadership is this. Let's just say that you're like Jason Webb. You're an insurance guy here in the Twin Cities, And you get a call, and there's a guy out in Wilmer, Minnesota, big grain farmer, that needs you to come and make some... Do a risk assessment? Risk assessment. Sure. You certainly do not put on a sport (laughs) coat or a suit (laughs) Mm -hmm. and make a fool of yourself. Mm -hmm. You drive out there, maybe in a pair of nice jeans, and a nice shirt, or a pair of slacks in a shirt. That's it. Mm -hmm. When we get around people who are very successful in the kind of businesses that you go risk assess. They get very turned off by the way I'm dressed today. Mm. Yes, very. Very, and it's not good. But at the same time, that owner of that company, his son's going to get married. He's going to give his daughter away. He's going to celebrate a wedding anniversary. He needs a go-to suit. So it doesn't matter who you are. You can say, well, I don't wear suits. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. You wear suits to your friends' weddings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we wear them to funerals. (laughs) Sometimes we don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But everybody needs a go-to suit. So I'm not sitting here telling your clientele and all of you people out there in outstate Minnesota. I grew up in a really small town. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Everybody should be able to reach in his closet when your wife says, honey. We gotta to go to the children's cancer research ball because we got invited by Jason Webb. What what mm-hmm. are you gonna wear? Well, I don't have anything. I haven't worn my suit for five years. Right. Well, have a suit to throw on for those occasions because you'll feel more comfortable when you're at that occasion. As long as that suit fits right. right? And that's right. the problem. When you haven't worn a suit for five years, what's the first thing you're gonna come out of no, the bedroom? It's too tight, and say, it's, it's too uncomfortable. Tight. Yeah. 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 One out of ten say it's too big. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. All right. So you alluded to the small town. Let's take it from the beginning, Daniel. Where is it that you're from? You know, what was your childhood like? Do you have siblings? Um, where'd you go to
2: high school? Well, you know, I want, your, I want all the listeners out there to know that I'm very approachable. I'm very funny. I, <laughs> I wear $3,000 suits and I really make people look good. I grew up on a farm in southwest Minnesota, a town of 350 people, a town called Ruth, and It's in between Pipestone and Marshall. And I'll just tell you a little story. When I'm speaking to groups, they look at me and they judge me. And they think maybe I grew up with a silver spoon out on Lake Minnetonka. And I tell them that I'm a farm boy and they laugh. And um, so how did I get into this business? My parents, growing up, my mother was a school teacher. My father, of course, was a farmer and a county commissioner. But you know what? We always dress nice on Sundays for church. Yeah. And it was instilled in us. And I can tell you, my grandfather instilled that in my father. And we cared about how we looked, even though we didn't have any money. Mm. So when I became a teenager, Pipestone, Minnesota, was the big town for us, 5,000 population. There were two stores in Pipestone. One was called Wilson's. One was called Whipple's. You almost can't make that up. (laughs) (laughs) So back to school shopping. Mother would take us uh, to Pipestone, and on the way there, she'd say, now, you know, we're not going to Wilson's. That's the expensive store. And mm-hmm. I'd say, yep, I understand. So we'd go to Whipple's, and we'd buy a couple of outfits, or look at a couple of outfits, and I'd look across the street. And they sat right across the street from each other in this small town. You know how the cars used to park parallel. Oh, yeah. So I'd say to my mother, can we just go over to Wilson's and look? Now, the reason is because I'd already scoped it out. The salesman there had long hair. You can imagine 1974, right? He had long (laughs) hair. They had a fireplace and red carpet. And we'd go over there. And on the way home, she would say, Daniel, don't tell your father how much we spent on your clothes. Mm. So that's where I grew up. I became interested in it. I actually went to school for menswear management in Pipestone, Minnesota, of all places on earth. Wow. (laughs) And I went to work at that store that I bought my clothes at. Wilson's. Wilson's as a kid. Came up to the Twin Cities when I was 21. And a lot of your listeners will remember the store Cedric's. Very fine store. Furs, right? Furs. Big time furs in the 80s, early 90s. Stores at Ridgedale and the Galleria. They had commercials all over TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I came up when I was 21 and was scared to death. Had my polyester suit on. <laughs> the guys uh, kind of all looked at me. And uh, three months later, I was the sales manager. And um, mm. you know why I'm successful and why I'm still in this business is because I love my customers. Mm. They're so fascinating. I imagine in the insurance business, you probably end up talking about everything but insurance with your customers. So, That's the part that I really enjoy. I enjoy making people look good, and I just love my customers and hearing their stories. Because life, we all have a story to tell, Mm -hmm. and without that story, we're just another human walking around. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that genuine
0: interest in people, I think, goes a long ways in every business. It's universal. And if you fake it, it comes off as phony, and people can also tell that. So... That's definitely understandable. So you're at Cedric's, and uh, for how many years were you
2: there? I was there nine years. I uh, left for a couple of years, tried uh, something totally different, and then I went back. And then <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't just skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my clients actually made and sharpened carbide drill bits with diamond tips for the circuit board industry. Okay, and um, I—he was a very good salesman. He uh, talked me into possibly doing it. Only lasted a year. I went on the sales side, or were you going to do? You know, I really don't know to this day yet. (laughs) That's the kind of situation it was. (laughs) But you found out it wasn't for you rather quickly. It was not for me. Yeah, Uh, I went back to Cedric's, and um, in my business, the custom is almost the pinnacle of the business. Uh-huh. And I started focusing on custom, mostly because I have 37 and a half inch arms. And for 10 years, I kept thinking a 35 sleeve length shirt would fit me, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of crazy. right? Insanity, right? And I started doing custom and I realized that that's what I wanted to do was wardrobe people. Mm. I, w- I want to say something to your listeners. Each and every day, When we wake up, no matter who we are, Mm -hmm. we are a walking billboard. Mm -hmm. From the moment that we go grab a cup of coffee to going into town to going to a wedding, we are a walking billboard, whether we like it or not. And people judge us Mm -hmm. sometimes by nothing more than the clothing we have on our back. Now, a lot of you might scoff and laugh and say, well, that's not fair. But you know what? That's the way we're wired. Every time we glance at someone, we judge them.
0: Well, yeah, and I don't think it's anything to be shy about. I mean, if I think back to Paleolithic man, I mean, you had to judge if that man coming down from that next cave, if he looks uh, shady or not, you know what I mean? If he's clean and his hair is combed and, or if he just looks like he, you know, rolled out of the boulder and smells like a, a dead wildebeest, well, maybe he shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So the same thing applies today. This is part of our DNA. And, I don't think uh, I could trust anybody that smells like that. <laughs> well, you get the idea. So it's it's just like a survival <laughs> mechanism in a sense. I feel
2: what I'm really saying to your your customers and your your listeners is each of us is a walking billboard. So my question to you is, all of you listening, what's your billboard say about you? Does your billboard get noticed? Does your billboard get compliments? Does your billboard help you produce more? Hmm. So as you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, oh, who is this guy talking about that? Your wife is probably nodding her head right now or your significant other saying, "Yeah, yeah, you go get him, Daniel. You go get him." <laughs> and you know what? Pick it up a little bit, people. <laughs> in the last in the last 2 years, we've had COVID. And everybody, not me, but everybody was sitting at home in their sweats, pajamas, putting on a shirt maybe and a tie <laughs> if they had to for a Zoom call, my lawyers. Right. My lawyers were doing court through Zoom. Yeah. And uh, they'd sit there in their underwear with a nice shirt on and a tie. <laughs> <laughs> so my point my point of this is, really? Are we going to live like that the rest of our lives? <laughs> no. And, I, I, you know, I, here we are in downtown Minneapolis, and yesterday they announced that half the workers came back. And we need more. We need that interaction with people. Why do we buy clothes? We buy clothes to go to work. Mm-hmm. And we buy clothes to go out, mm-hmm. whether that's out to a wedding, out to out dancing, out on a special date. And if we sit home all the time, we become boring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and there's something to be said regarding look good, feel good, Performing do good. Best. Right. Yeah. So I think we've all, all experienced it. For me, you know, if I work out in the morning and a shower, and maybe I just got my hair cut, and uh, uh, a suntan. And yeah, you're
1: feeling good.
0: Yeah, I haven't gotten dressed yet. I'm still <laughs> naked, right? And then I put on some nice clothes, and you automatically feel like your production's <laughs> going to go up that day by a third.
2: Ab- Absolutely. I wish we could show the audience... You just met one of my clients just a half hour before we started here, Jason.
0: Yeah, he looked like he just came
2: out of GQ. <laughs> right? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. In fact, it deals with Mortenson, a big company. Yes. So this gentleman walks in on a Saturday morning. He'd made an appointment previously, and he asked me if I could do some alterations. Now, I work by appointment only so that I can just focus on you. And I really didn't want to come in that Saturday morning just for some alterations. So here comes this young guy with his beautiful girlfriend. And he hands me this suit and he says, yeah, I need this altered for for a wedding. And he said, um, all the guys are going to be wearing the same thing. And we all got our suits at, well, I'll just say at Men's Warehouse. (laughs) And uh, he was in the fitting room and... All of a sudden, I found out through his girlfriend that that was his wedding suit. And I could tell right away that this gentleman was not only young, but really on top of his game. And his girlfriend was very well put together. And she showed me a picture of her wedding dress. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not that into wedding dresses. But it was gorgeous. Mm. Mm. And I yelled at him in the fitting room and I said, You're getting married, and all the guys, all your groomsmen are wearing the exact same suit. You and the groomsmen? Yeah, yeah, that's. I said, different. So at 1030 at night, I walk into your wedding and I go, Who's the groom? Where's the groom?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, he's running around all over the place. And I said, Stop. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You took charge. Yeah, I'm not a yes man. And I just said, no. And she was like just grinning from ear to ear. Now she had told him, well, listen, this is what happens to you, men." She told him, you take care of your portion of it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So he was all proud of himself and wanted to get his suit altered. I said, you are not going to dress like everybody else. I said, look at you two. You're the cutest couple I've ever seen. And I said, if you saw her wedding dress, and I just turned to him, I said, we got a lot of work to do, and you better get your checkbook out. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something. I sold him a bright blue suit, you know, the the new color. It's not navy. It's not electric blue, but it's that beautiful right. shade of blue yes. that a lot of people. You see a oh, lot of your that. NFL sportscasters yep. Those wearing.
1: are my favorite suits, actually.
2: Yeah, it's a good color on a lot of people, actually, yeah. Melanie. So I said, stop. We're going to sit down. And uh, flash forward five weeks. They both came in. He put that suit on, and Melanie, I wished I wished I had a video. The look on his face, he didn't realize that he could look like that because he didn't have a guy. Mm. (laughs) You know, Jason, your customers need you because they gotta have a guy that says, Hey, you gotta make sure you're covered for this. Yeah. Well, Jason, I never thought about that. And that's what I do. Yeah. I just take care of all the details. Yeah. All I need is you and to be honest your checkbook and and it's done. This guy looked so good and they you know, then they send me pictures of their weddings and that's what makes me feel good.
0: Awesome. You know the the nice the, the thing about that story that I would appreciate is it's having somebody like a professional like you that will actually almost make the decisions for you. Many times when you go to a department store like you mentioned you get stuck with whatever salesperson,
2: and they're not really giving any input. you. No, know, just pointing in you. oh,
1: that's yeah. great! Oh my god, that looks and, so good! Yeah.
2: And you know what, you guys, all they're concerned about is their paycheck, Commission. on Friday night.
1: Yep,
2: yeah, yeah they don't, yeah. they don't care. My business is not instant gratification. Like Jason, if you walk in here, well, like when we're done, when you buy a suit, <laughs> what, we'll, what we'll do is, you know, you'll give me a deposit, and then I take care of everything. And you know, five weeks go by, I don't get paid until. You know, you come in. But I I want you to look good. All right. I want to share with you guys one of the all-time great stories of my lifetime in my business. Has to do with Harvey McKay? No. Oh. All right. Go ahead. So the phone rings and I answer it. And this woman says, do you come to offices and measure people? And I said, yes, I'll come to your office and measure you. And she says, great. And so we chit-chatted a little bit, and um, she gave me the address. And, you know, women buy a lot of men's clothes. So just quickly, I said to her, I said, oh, by the way, what size is your husband? Without hesitation, she said, I have absolutely no idea. Hmm. So the day came to go to the office, and uh, it was a warehouse, and uh, I loaded up my bag of tricks, and something came across me, and I decided to put the big boy tape in the suitcase. And <laughs> I put it in there. Now listen, the tape measure that I use 99% of the time is 60 inches takes care of most of my clients. <laughs> yeah. I put the big boy tape in there. So when I go to an office, Jason, I like to sit where the client, first-time client, is walking towards me and looks at me and says, I would like to buy a suit from that guy. Right? You want it. First impressions, right? Yeah, yeah. Who is this guy? They didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I hear this boom, boom here comes the giant boom <laughs> and i look up and uh it's probably one of the biggest men i've ever seen oh boy now you guys i was afraid <laughs> why because my job is to make them look good oh yeah. that's all i care about yeah doesn't matter who you are what size you are i want them to look good so I followed him back into the office. Now I got a problem. I just told you about my 37 and a half inch arms a little bit ago, didn't mm-hmm. I? Mm-hmm. I realized when I measure someone, I stand behind them. I put the tape around their <laughs> chest mm-hmm. and I pull it tight in the back and I record the measurement. I knew I could not reach around this man mm-hmm. with my 37 and a half inch arms. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So I pulled the tape out of the box, and I kind of looked up, and he was grinning from ear to ear. And he says, put the tape right here. And he grabs the end of it, plants it right on the middle of his chest, and he says, start walking. And I walked around him, 56 <laughs> inches, 66 inches, 78 inches chest? around the chest.
1: 78? 78.
2: 78. So we finished. I won't tell you what the rest of the measurements were. I got him all fitted up. And amazing man, just amazing man. Fun, great family. And flash forward about a year, I was at their home, and uh, I made him a beautiful black suit. And uh, he took the suit pants, and he went off into the bedroom, and I was talking to his wife out in the kitchen. And she says, you know that beautiful suit that you made him? About a month ago, she says, I want to tell you a story. She said, you know, when we go to church, he sits in the back row. She says, we don't like sitting there. So myself and the kids, we sit up a ways. She says, I want to tell you, last Sunday we were driving to church and we'll call him. George said, you know what? I'm going to sit with the family today. He's wearing your suit. He's wearing my suit. She said he threw the church doors open and marched down the aisle, and they all sat down as a family. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Two things happened that day. George's opinion of himself himself. changed Mm -hmm. dramatically, and all the people around George, their opinion of him changed as well.
1: You gave me goosebumps like crazy. Yeah. So
0: he didn't want to draw attention to himself. That's why he sat in the back. He didn't feel good about himself. It's an example
2: of somebody, I'm talking about George, taking the time and the money Mm -hmm. to say, I want a nice suit. Mm -hmm. I'm worth this. I'm worth this. Exactly, Melanie. And when I see that story, I have it on YouTube. I'm serious. It almost brings a tear to my eye because mm. it is, if you could have been there, it just, it's like, yes, this is what I do. Yeah. It's not yeah. just clothes. Yeah. Changing and, lives. And listen, I make suits for cocky lawyers and <laughs> people that go to New York and think they're a really big deal, but it's little stories like that that really get me going.
1: I love that.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So, you know, the suits might be, I don't know, more expensive than a department store, but if you put it on and something like that happens in your life, what's that worth? You know, Right.
2: We'll put a price tag on that. You, I'm a, I'm gonna you te- can't. I'm going to tell you another quick story. When I was uh, speaking to a group not so long ago, I said, all right, everybody, close your eyes. Stand in front of your closet. And I want you to look down that rod of your closet. And I said, what do you see on the end? T-shirts. I said, you know what we call those clothes on the Jason Quit? <laughs> I said do you do you know what we call those clothes on the end of the rod? Dust on the shoulder suits. Oh yeah. That's the other side. I was looking on Yo. the right side. There
0: you go. Jason. Yo. Boy,
2: you saved yourself there, didn't you, buddy? <laughs> so we in other words, we all go out and buy things that we don't like later on. Why? Right. Why? Well, we go to that department store and the suit was $1,000. And you come home and you say, oh, my God, I got it for $199. And you know what? Six months later, it's like, well, the color's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit right. It doesn't lay right. I'm just not going to wear it. Right. So I tell this crowd, when you're sitting there imagining all those clothes, I said, let's just say that you spent $200 a piece on those five suits that you haven't worn for five years and the dust is thicker than thick. (laughs) (laughs) What if you would have given that $2,000 to Daniel and sat down with him in his private showroom and created something with him that looks good, fits you perfectly, and you actually can't wait to wear again? Mm. And listen – I know a lot of your listeners right now, if they're still on, are saying, oh my God, this guy's <laughs> talking about clothing. How boring. You know what? Pay attention. <laughs> find yeah, a, pay attention. Find a guy or a woman to help you do it. Yeah. And by the way, wives aren't always right the greatest at it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, ladies.
0: Yeah. So uh, on your LinkedIn page, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but do you do something called a leadership workshop? called dressing for leadership dressing for leadership can you touch on that and maybe how again that uh that that contractor manufacturer with a couple hundred employees might want to take advantage of that with themselves and their leadership team yep.
2: every business whether you have two employees or 200 you are going to have your percentage of employees that maybe you're embarrassed the way they dress and it could be some other hygiene things but, but like just smell funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a dead wildebeest? <laughs> I,
2: I, was, I was being polite, Jason. Uh, listen, when it comes to women, uh, you know, if a woman is walking around the office and she looks like she's ready to go to a nightclub, it's not good. Uh, if the guy just got done mowing the lawn and his crumpled khakis and his sweaty golf shirt and he goes, oh, I got to get to work, honey. And seriously, that's the way a lot of people dress. Now, we talked about Image a little bit ago. Yeah. Just think if you, well, I'm going to give you a terrific example. A few years ago, Target, right here, downtown Minneapolis, 6,000 employees over there in that building. They made a decision to pick things up a little bit. They didn't like how things looked around the office. Mm. And they required all the guys to wear a tie. Mm. Oh! starting Labor Day, right after Labor Day. Can you imagine how many ties Target sold just for their employees Mm. that that weekend? Now, let let me finish the story because things have changed back again. Target realized that when people came to their downtown office, the office just, it looked like what I just described. Ladies walking around, dressed inappropriately, Mm -hmm. sandals on guys looking like they just got done mowing the lawn. Yeah. And here you are, one of the great corporations of America. And when you walk into an atmosphere like that versus, let's just use a church service, like maybe an Easter Sunday or a, or a nice funeral, when you walk in there, you get a certain feeling mm-hmm. because partly of the way everybody's dressed. And when you dress appropriately, you tend to behave a little bit better. True. Mm. I and w- people treat you differently. Yes. Oh.
1: Amen to that.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I always say the orchestra sounds a little better when you're cleaned up.
1: Mm. Yep. You know, last year, it was almost like a psychology experiment. I uh, The job that I had, I traveled about five days a week and it was amazing the difference in the treatment at the airport and on the airplane. If I wore my suit from the day, Or if I changed into my sweatshirt and leggings and wanted to be comfortable, God forbid. You can't imagine the difference in the treatment between wanting to wear a sweatshirt and leggings versus if I was still wearing my suit from the
2: day. You know what's sad, Melanie, is now? Obviously, I dress up almost every day because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. I can wear a white suit. I can wear a red suit. I can wear a conservative suit. But what's sad is sometimes if I go to the grocery store and somebody will say, oh, why are you so dressed up? It's like abnormal today. Like and, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? And yeah. and like I said before, I'm I have hope. The young people I had given up on. And you know, mm. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the IT guys, and and now yeah. these guys are my favorites. And I'm gonna tell you what's happened. All those guys wore their little tiny check shirts and their crumpled khakis. And their brown shoes. Oh,
0: I even think of like a Zuckerberg and
2: uh, Steve Jobs, right? right? It's just like jeans and t-shirts. Exactly. And uh, in my building, I have a lot of young professionals and I'll get (laughs) on the elevator and and here's the three guys standing there and uh, I'll look at them and they all look identical, right? Mm. And I'll say, boy, you guys really took a chance today. Oh, Daniel, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But then they'll say, you know what, Daniel, I'm going to come buy a suit from you someday. And I told myself a few years ago, these young people are going to get tired of all looking the same. And listen, they get cleaned up for dates. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're capable. They're no different than the rest of us back in the day. Right. We got dressed up, we bought clothes, go out, and we wanted to impress the ladies or vice versa. And as I see these wedding people, we'll talk about my wedding business. These young people, really care. And you know what? They have Google Mm. and they can bring in more photos, more Mm. more videos of how they want to look. They'll tell me about a movie. Have you seen so-and-so like Boardwalk Empire? And they are excited because they haven't experienced that yet. Yeah, And that kind of goes with the go-to suit. These young guys that are getting married, they're, most of them are not wearing tuxedos. They're investing in a really nice outfit for their wedding. And you know what? As a man, you're going to wear that suit for the next five years at least. <laughs> yeah. Where a woman, it's one and done with the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, true. It, it, listen, just like your iPhone, just like your iPad, having a go-to suit, dressing up for the right occasions – is what successful people do. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. How would you sum up this Dress
0: for Leadership workshop that you can do at companies?
2: When I get there, I'm usually in front of a a sales organization. I'll say like Northwestern Mutual, for example. And when I start off my my speech, I do talk about the walking billboard. Each Mm. and every day we get dressed up. And what I'm really doing is helping the HR person out who hired me to... Basically, tell the crew pick it up a little bit. Get the
1: message across. Yeah,
2: it's very. uh, Jason, I was discussing with you prior to the podcast about how difficult it is to walk up to somebody and say you can't dress like that. Go home. Sure. And some people may laugh uh, the way we dress now, but listen, that used to happen. There are still companies where where it's required. But dressing for leadership is a fun subtle way of letting people know that it's okay to dress, how to dress, for example, in an organization of 50 people. And I mostly turn to women when I say this. I'll say, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, in your company, I'll bet all of you can think of somebody right now who's the best dressed person there. Now, Mm -hmm. I said, some of you despise that person. Jealous. (laughs) And I said, that's the wrong thing to do emulate you should be walking up there and asking her where do you get your clothes <laughs> who helps you yeah. how, how expensive are they ask questions yeah it's like finding a go-to guy like myself mm-hmm. the person that goes out and does that all these problems are solved because he's got a guy so in the sales industry when you're out there like we chatted about, there's times that you dress to the nines. Like if you're gonna to come to Daniel and sell him insurance, mm. you look at your daytimer in the morning and you say, Oh, I gotta go see that clothier. I better wear something decent. You know, it it should click in your head sure. that and then if you're going out to western Minnesota, uh, I think I'm gonna drive my pickup out there or my Jeep instead of my Mercedes and talk mm. to this farmer. Yeah. So that makes sense. So
0: can you kind of also sum up what it is that uh, your business focuses on? It's it's not just weddings, but it's also, you know, it sounds like you can help people pick out clothing and get them fitted for business casual type clothing.
2: I'll give you an example. Um, Saturday, I had a (coughs) gentleman come in and uh, he had made the appointment. He noticed how another very, very high-end, well-known person that I address. He said, I understand that you make clothes for so-and-so. And And I said, yes. And he said, well, I'd like to come and see you. Now, this guy is smart. He sent me photos of how he likes to dress. He even laid some of his stuff out on his bed and sent them to me. Hmm. And I said, I got it. You like wearing tennis shoes, sharp jeans, a really crisp sports shirt, and a jacket of some sort. So he came in Saturday and... a. Very, very well-known podcast, by the way, Jason. And we sat down and I talked to him for about five minutes and I knew exactly what kind of image he wanted to project. Right. I read people really well. And he just couldn't believe it. Like in an hour, we dropped $15,000. Now, people are going to say, oh, geez. Well, let me tell you what he got for that. He got two beautiful suits because he goes to a lot of very high-end political Events. fundraisers. Okay, and he get so we had two suits because he said, "I don't even own a suit that I like." In fact, he shared with me the last suit he got is because he had to and he ran to the nearest corner store and bought it and he hates it. Hmm. So we got two nice suits, three jackets, four pair of slacks, fourteen shirts, four pair of shoes, wow. eight socks. Set. He took care of something and was so excited. In an hour and a half, we were done. Nice. And he just said, Daniel, I trust you. Design me some really great sports shirts. My sports shirts, by the way, are really great. They have... Sports shirt? A sports shirt. I've heard of a sport coat. A sports shirt is a shirt that you wouldn't wear a tie with. Okay. A lot of people call those dress shirts. Dress shirts, if you really want to be particular about it, a dress shirt is something that you wear... With a suit, with a tie. Okay? okay, a sport shirt has a pattern to it. It'll have contrasting fabric inside the collar and oh, the cuffs. Yeah. Those are nice. Colored yeah. buttons. And what did I say to you before? The dress shirt has become the new suit. If you have fourteen beautiful, designed, one-of-a-kind sport shirts in your closet, you are the boss. And when you go to business, when you go to work that day, you're going to look fantastic. Your employees are going to go, oh, boss has got one of those nice shirts. Well, why does he have a nice (laughs) shirt? Because he took the time. Yeah. Why do bosses always seem to have that thing? That's how they got ahead. They asked questions. They had a guy. They have an insurance guy. They have a clothing guy. They have a builder. (laughs) Well, in
0: all aspects of business, not just the way uh, people, you know, are dressing and how they act. But uh, the sales, the ethics, the morals, the hard work, all that stuff starts at the top and works its way down. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, if the boss is showing up in jeans and t shirts, I think, uh, you know, three steps down the corporate Mm -hmm. ladder, those people are showing up in pajamas and, and flip flops,
2: you know? When you have a sales organization, Jason and Melanie, if the boss presents himself where the people underneath him say, geez. I'd like to dress like that. And then the boss maybe has a sales contest in which Daniel's involved. The winner who opens up the most accounts this month or the most sales gets a free custom suit. Mm. What do you think that's going to do to the office? They're going to talk about it for 30 days. Mm. They're going to try to get that custom suit because they saw how their boss looks. They know who Daniel is. They want a nice suit. Yeah, Most men do. And then when they win it, and they start parading around the office, the guy mm. that got second place, the guy that got third place is going to go, damn, <laughs> could have been me. Could have been. That's not. You're exactly right. Uh, if it starts at the top, mm. the organization is going to have an overall favorable image.
0: Good. Now, before we wrap things up here, is there anything that you want to bring up that I didn't we didn't yet talk about? Or Melanie, can you think of anything that we should talk about?
1: Um, how about your expansion?
2: Well, we'll talk about the expansion in just a bit. I want to talk about, just to end the broadcast, I want to talk about three. I have five rules for dressing for leadership and what they really are. It, it's not intended for your boss. It's intended for all of you. Rule number one: Always make sure your clothes fit. Mm-hmm. Jason, I could, you could go buy a three thousand dollars suit off the rack, and if the salesman was just there nodding his head or her head and saying, yeah. "Oh, it looks great on you, Jason," and then if you went to a tailor or you came to me, and I'd say, "You know, that's really a nice suit, but it doesn't fit." <laughs> I've <laughs> and, seen those. Yeah, and, and 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 I've got clients who. Have amazing bodies. I mean, they work out; they're in great shape. And if they walked in here in their existing suit, they might look twenty to twenty-five pounds heavier than they are. You Too know? baggy. And then I start measuring them, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. I thought you, you know. Yeah. He's like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, always make sure your clothes fit. Rule number two is always have a person that you respect whether it's that woman in your office or that guy in your office, and learn from them. Where do you shop? How much do you spend? Can I get a hold of that guy? Have a mentor. Have a mentor, even in your clothing. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I mean, you have a mentor for everything these days, or a consultant. I mean, you have an insurance consultant. You've got a marketing consultant. You've got sales training Consultant? Why wouldn't you have a consultant well, like, life for your is, dressing?
2: Life is about disciplines. You got to have a guy. You don't wire your garage yourself, or I mean, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. You don't shingle your roof. And when you buy a car, you usually ask somebody. Do you know somebody over there at uh, White Bear Lake? You know, can I go talk to them? Sure. You want to feel comfortable who you're going to go spend your big stack of money with. And it's the same way with a with a with a guy, with a clothing guy. And I don't care if you come in and buy one shirt from me or if you buy fifteen thousand. I treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. And once I'm just warning you, men out there, once you buy a custom shirt, they're addictive, not you, going back. You will not want to wear your other shirts. And it's that simple. And you can buy five shirts and get six. And the average price, quite frankly, is very reasonable. It's around Hundred fifty dollars a piece, oh. and I know a lot of men will say, "Well, I've never spent that much on a shirt." Well, I bet you haven't. That's why you look the way you do. <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference, you yeah. know. We we here's here's the problem. Men say to me, "Oh, I've never spent more than two hundred for a suit." Really? What kind of house do you live in? Well, I you know, built a house out in Plymouth for my my wife and kids. Well, Five hundred thousand. Do you live in that house all your life, or do you start out with a $100,000 house? Oh, I see do, you, do you still drive a $10,000 car? Yeah. Most right. of you don't. You know? We pay more for that. But for some reason, men get locked into this thing that just says, well, no, I, I just don't pay more than 200 for a suit. Well, mm. do you know the difference? No, of course you don't, because you've never gone out and sought it out. Right. So, what I'm is here, the difference? I'm here to help.
0: <laughs> what is the difference?
2: What is the difference? The difference is fabric, number one. Uh, like softer night- fabric? or work- No, no. I'll sh- I, I could, you know, it's a podcast. I have fabrics sitting right by me that my cost, my cost can range from $75 a yard, which is 60 inches wide, by the way, to $700 a yard. Now, Jason, if I was to make you a suit today, you're about three and three-quarter yards, okay, in a solid blue suit. It's a plaid, it's more. Solid blue suit, Jason, you're three and three-quarter yards. Then you've got to have somebody make it. Mm -hmm. Then you've got shipping. And that is what equals the price of a suit. I put the same amount of tailoring into a suit that's $1,200 as I do $3,000. Sure, That's how much difference the fabric can make and all expensive fabric is not for everybody yeah right yeah in fact a lot of it I don't like because you just said something Jason. it's almost too soft. Mm. I mean really you're gonna sit in a car <laughs> and you got this fabric that weighs seven and a half ounces per yard and you're gonna put your 220 pound body <laughs> and sit oh, in a car and rub durable. it rub across the seat and mm. yeah so yeah
0: so make sure it fits number one, Number, right number, number two. W- number two
1: is?
2: Find a guy. Find a guy. Find a guy. Find a mentor. And number three, hire yourself a personal clothier, such as myself or someone else. I'd be happy to help anybody out there with their clothing needs. If you have a son or daughter that's getting married and you need help in the wedding area, one phone call and I can take care of your entire wedding party. That's how easy it is been a lot of fun being with you guys today.
1: We didn't talk about your expansion. Is that those
2: three rules? I thought there was five.
1: Yeah, there's five. Well, we missed two. Uh,
0: are we going to hold off on those?
1: We'll hold off on the, those. Those
0: are, those are extra credit. They you you got com- to meet with Daniel to get the extra two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Conti- I love it. Continuing education, right? Right
1: now, yeah. you're in the, the Lumber Exchange
2: Building. Lumber Exchange Building was built in 1885 by the mm-hmm. Lumber Barons. There's walk-in safes, as you can see right over there, throughout the building because they didn't trust the bankers. My line is nothing's changed. That I,
0: right there is a walk-in safe. So
2: walk-in yeah, safe. Yeah, super cool. Sit in there and have dinner for four. <laughs> um, yeah I've been very busy and I am um, looking at expanding um either going to do it here in this great old building or I'm looking over at the north loop and um why am i expanding the the wedding business is incredible, and my my customers my customers Jason, are mostly entrepreneurs who own those buildings that you go out and insure okay you know as well as I do when you drive by a, a sizable building yeah. I know that you look at that building and say there's $10,000 there. I look at that. I look at that building and I say to myself, there's two or three people in there that if I walked in there right now and just said, really, none of you want to buy something new today for clothing? Right? (laughs) You know what? Somebody would say, well, since you're here, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of need out there. And um, I just love taking care of so business is good. Business good. has
0: been very good, yeah. So uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, um, I'm assuming the process is they would schedule an appointment with you. You'd meet with them, do a one-on-one consultation, yeah. determine what it is that they're looking yeah. for, and try to yeah. get them going down the right path. Yeah. What's the uh, best way to get a hold of you?
2: Well, first of all, just go to danielscustomclothing.com, look over the website. You can make an appointment um, online. Right online? Yep. Yeah. Or you can call me and we can schedule an appointment. My phone number is 612-272-9210. And please go to um, not only my website, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. Melanie puts um, updates on Facebook every week. And kind of keep you in touch with um, what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, there you have it,
0: listeners. Daniel's Custom Clothing. Dot com check them out and uh, Daniel I want to acknowledge a couple things here. One thing I, I really appreciate is how sincere you are about um, how you care about your clients. It's just not another number you're just not trying to make another sale you're trying to create a, a to me it seems like a lifelong relationship with this person and that goes a long way. I feel it and I'm sure you know anybody that meets with you will also feel it. I also get a sense of your expertise. You take pride in what you do. Hell, you went to school for what you do, right? This isn't no fly-by-night place that's uh, throwing some things together and, or, or a multi-level marketing scheme or anything like that. This is a legit professional who is really good at what he does, right? You agree, Melanie? I agree. All right. so. If you have any needs regarding dressing a, a way to portray yourself out in the business world or out in the community or out at that uh, gala that you're signed up to go to and you want to put your best f- foot forward, maybe you want to increase your production. You know, feel good, look good, do good. Right, Buy that suit and go increase your your income, your sales by another 30% this year. Daniel's the man to talk to. So give him a call and I don't
2: think you'll be disappointed. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Melanie.
1: Thanks.
0: That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.